0: evidence and answers. Christianity has a unique legacy of prophecy. No other religion or faith has such a miraculous legacy of prophecy. Our record of prophecy presents one of the compelling evidences for the divine inspiration of our faith. To this day, prophecy is one of the most remarkable, but also one of the strongest evidences for the divine origin of the Christian faith. You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zuckran. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, we're going to listen to Pat's opening message on prophecy and its role in apologetics, which he presented at the 2012 Hawaii Apologetics Conference. Let's join Pat now as he presents his case for the uniqueness of Bible prophecy.
1: As I begin, I want to introduce you to a couple of great resources for you. This is Probe Ministries. This is the ministry that Kirby Anderson and I work for. The website is probe.org. You're gonna find over a thousand articles on this website. Most of them are short, five to seven pages on all kinds of topics, almost any topic that you're gonna encounter. On topics on science and faith, culture and faith, the world religions, Islam. Is it a religion of tolerance and peace? Is there a biblical position or biblical principles that guide us in the use of our medical technology, cloning and genetic engineering? is there a time just use of military force articles by myself and our other speaker tonight kirby anderson are on there along with about 50 or more powerpoints that you can download for free and use in your presentations as well a tremendous resource for you there at probe.org we're a team of christian scholars who have come together and we write on numerous topics on all kinds of issues in the culture, theology, Bible, the world religions, almost any issue you're going to face, you can find an answer at probe.org. And this one, evidenceandanswers.org, this is the radio show I get to host. I have the great privilege of interviewing some of the top scholars from all over the world on numerous types of issues. Our guests tonight, Dr. Mark Hitchcock and Kirby Anderson, you can listen to my interviews with them there. Other interviews, we're going to have former militant Muslim, a former jihadist who came to Christ, and he tells his wonderful story. Jerry Rasomni, From Jihad to Jesus. I call him Jihad Joe, and he tells his wonderful story. Debates we have had with popular atheists out there and more. Another great resource for you. There are over 100 interviews that you can listen to. Christianity has a very unique legacy of prophecy no other religion in the world no other faith has such a remarkable legacy of fulfilled prophecy as the bible and our record of prophecy presents one of the most compelling evidences for the truth and the divine inspiration of the bible and the christian faith one of the distinguishing marks of a true prophet of god was the record of fulfilled prophecy jesus often referred to his fulfillment of prophecy to support his claim to be the unique divine Son of God. When the apostles presented their case that Jesus Christ was indeed the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, they pointed to the evidence of Bible prophecy. And even to this day, prophecy is one of the most remarkable but also one of the strongest evidences for the divine inspiration of the Bible and its message. Let's take a look at this unique legacy of ours. God confirms his message and his messenger through miracles. God confirmed Jesus Christ through miracles. In chapter 3 of John, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night and says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one could do the miracles, the works you do, if God were not with him. The wise Jews made the connection. Where there are acts of God, there is a message. From God, and Jesus Christ confirmed his claim to be the unique divine Son of God through his miracles. And prophecy is unique to the Bible. There's no other comparable record in any of the other world religions. And there's a large amount of Bible prophecy in the Bible. J. Barton Payne, in his wonderful work, The Encyclopedia of Bible Prophecy, records over 700. Prophecies mentioned in the Bible, many of which have come to pass. Compare that to other supposedly inspired works in other religions. For example, the Quran. Muhammad claims to be the prophet of Allah. Yet how many prophecies are there does he make in the Quran? 0. 0. And there are no prophecies predicting the coming of Muhammad. Now, Muslims try hard, pointing to passages in Deuteronomy and John 16, but clearly they're not speaking of Muhammad. Biblical prophecy is quite distinct in its character. First, biblical prophecies are often specific and detailed. The Bible names empires before they come to power. The Bible identifies several rulers before they come to the throne. The Bible identifies places where key events will take place. The Bible sets the time that certain events will take place. And this is crucial, because the more detail you give about a future event, the greater your chance of error. For example, if I say in 2012, a Republican will win the presidency, well, I got a 50-50 chance of being correct. But if I say 50 years from now, and I identify the city from which the future president will come, what county he comes from, what states he's gonna win, how much he's gonna win by, who he is gonna defeat. The more details I give, the greater chance of error. And the Bible presents numerous details about future events and it is dead on accurate in its prophetic predictions. Second, biblical prophets are 100% accurate. That's how you determine a true prophet from a false prophet. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 20 through 22. Consistently fulfilled prophecy is proof. The message is from God. God is all knowing. He's eternal. He can see the future accurately and perfectly. God is truth and therefore not capable of error or false prophecy. God knows all things actual and possible. Matthew chapter 11. God knows the present perfectly, he knows the past perfectly, and he has perfect knowledge of the future. Therefore, God does not err when he proclaims what future events shall take place. Now, as J. Barton Payne writes in his book, there's over 700 matters of prophecy in the Bible. Let's just cover just a few. We could be here all night, but we'll just cover just a a few here. Daniel chapter 2, in the second chapter of Daniel, The prophet Daniel predicts the coming empires of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome, and one more which is yet to come. In fact, in chapter 11 of Daniel, if you read that very carefully, he predicts several specific events that ought to occur in the Greek empire hundreds of years before they occur. He predicts the rise and the fall of Alexander the Great, the fourfold division of the empire soon after his death. Future Greek rulers such as Antiochus Epiphanes and the desecration of the Jerusalem temple and the eventually cleansing of the temple with the Maccabean revolt and Judas Maccabees. The prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31 prophesies regarding the nation of Israel and he states this, thus says the Lord who gives the Sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and stars for light by night who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar the Lord of hosts is his name if this fixed order departs from me declares the Lord then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me now remember when Jeremiah wrote this prophecy he wrote it in the 6th century BC and this is when the Babylonians had decimated the nation of Israel decimated the city of Jerusalem and had deported the people to Babylon and after being conquered by this Empire Jeremiah writes this prophecy inspired of God and he says the nation of Israel shall remain until the Lord returns now nations have come they have tried to destroy the nation of Israel but she remains Empires have risen, empires have fallen, but Israel still remains. Tell the Babylonians that conquered a vast majority of the world, this little nation that you have destroyed and its people you have deported will long outlive the Babylonian empire. They might have scoffed at you, but Babylon is gone, Israel remains. Tell that to the Romans who... Decimated and destroyed the city of Jerusalem, leveled the Jerusalem temple, and scattered the people of Israel for almost 2,000 years throughout the world. Tell them that Rome will one day come and go, but the nation of Israel will remain long after the Roman Empire. They would have scoffed at you, but Rome is gone. Greece is gone. Empires have come, empires have gone, but Israel still remains. Her existence is testimony to the truth of Bible prophecy. Here's another one. Ezekiel chapter 44, verses 1 through 3, predicts that the eastern wall of Jerusalem will remain shut until Christ returns. Well, in 1513, Sultan Solomon the Great blocked the eastern gate and unknowingly fulfilled Bible prophecy. So when you go to Israel today and there is the eastern gate, there and as you can see it remains shut as a testimony to the truth of Bible prophecy some of the most remarkable Bible prophecies surround are in reference to the coming of the Messiah J Barton Payne in the encyclopedia biblical prophecy records over a hundred messianic prophecies referring to the coming of Christ Here are just a few Genesis 49 and Isaiah 11 prophesy the lineage of the Messiah that he would come from the tribe of Judah that he would be a descendant of King David Micah 5 2 predicts the city of the Messiah's birth Psalm 22 predicts the manner of death of the Messiah and describes it in great detail That scoffers shake their heads and say the words he saved others but he cannot save himself it talks about his hands and feet being pierced and remember Psalm 22 is written by David before Roman crucifixion is created talks about his enemies casting lots for his clothes it goes into detail on the manner of death of the Messiah which Christ fulfills Isaiah chapter 53, that remarkable chapter, reveals the character, life, ministry, and death, and resurrection of the Messiah. In this chapter alone, there are close to a dozen messianic prophecies that Christ fulfills, that he is despised and rejected by men, he's pierced for our sins, he dies for the sins of mankind, he's silent before his accusers, he is killed, he is assigned to the grave with the wicked and the rich, he is sinless. The resurrection from the dead the betrayal by a good friend nearly a dozen prophecies are fulfilled in Isaiah 53 alone Daniel chapter 9 reveals the date on which the Messiah is crucified read that prophecy figure it out okay the 69 sevens Daniel says when the decree comes to rebuild Jerusalem then the clock begins All right, the 69 sevens, that's 483 years. But the Jewish calendar is 360 days. So you got divided by 365 and you get the right year. And it comes out, the decree was given by Artaxerxes in 444 BC in the month of Nisan, that's March. Therefore, the Messiah would be crucified somewhere in April of 33 AD. Who better fits the bill? Then Jesus Christ. A remarkable, remarkable prophecy here. If we knew the exact day Artaxerxes gives his decree, we'd know the exact day that Christ was crucified. Now, in my extensive research, I believe I have discovered the day in which Christ was crucified. I believe it was March 31st. Do you know how I know that? That was my sister's birthday. <laughs> day of tremendous suffering and torment for me. When all her friends would come over and I was relegated, quarantined to my room, and even then they would torment me, day and night. That must have been the day Christ was crucified. Now, he rose again April 2nd, you know how I know that? That's my birthday, They have tremendous joy and rejoicing, because then I could invite my friends and torment her. So, well, see, great research and biblical exegesis, right here at the Hawaii Apologetics Conference, okay? Now, skeptics have questioned whether these prophecies were actually written before the birth of Christ. Well, we know that the Old Testament was written, the last prophet, Malachi, about 400 B.C. But we also have further proof, for we know the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, was completed under the reign of Ptolemy Philadelphus about 250 to 150 B.C. And all critics were silenced with a great discovery in 1947, perhaps the greatest manuscript discovery of our century, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Here in the caves along the Dead Sea, a shepherd boy had lost his goat, was looking for his goat, thought it fell in one of these holes, threw a rock in there, heard a cracking of a jar, so he went in there thinking that perhaps there may be treasure in here, and he opened up these jars and discovered Manuscripts in there, ancient manuscripts. Well, they got into the hands of an antique dealer who saw the great worth in these. And the greatest manuscript discovery of the century had been made, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Hundreds of scrolls and fragments were found in 11 caves. And amongst the discovery of fragments from every book of the Old Testament were discovered except the book of Esther. And one of the great discoveries was the scroll of Isaiah. You see there, displayed in Jerusalem in a big circular case, the entire book of Isaiah was discovered there. Now, some of these fragments were as old as the 3rd century B.C. The scroll of Isaiah was dated to be about 100 B.C. Well, this proved that at least 100 years before Christ set foot upon the earth, these prophecies were already down and written. And it confirmed the prophetic nature of these Old Testament messianic prophecies and confirmed the faith of Christians all over the world. So even if you don't believe Isaiah wrote Isaiah, even if you don't believe Daniel wrote Daniel, at least a hundred years before Christ set foot upon the earth, these prophecies were already down and he fulfilled each one. No one has a remarkable legacy of prophecy like Jesus Christ. Now some have conjectured that perhaps Christ got lucky, just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Well, mathematician Peter Stoner did a famous study in his work Science Speaks, and revealed the mathematical probability of Christ fulfilling just eight of these prophecies by chance. What is mathematical probability that Christ fulfilled just eight of these prophecies by chance? What's the probability that he got lucky and was born in Bethlehem of the tribe of Judah, descendant of King David, sold and betrayed for exactly 30 pieces of silver, crucified with thieves, buried in a rich man's tomb, that the date of his death would be predicted. Just eight of these prophecies, and in his landmark study, the probability of Christ fulfilling just eight of these prophecies is one over 10 to the 17th power. One over 10 with 17 zeros behind it that he could have fulfilled just eight of these by chance. Now he illustrates it like this. It would be like filling the state of Texas with quarters two feet deep, and then putting a blindfold on a guy and just landing him somewhere randomly in Texas and telling him, go your way. And after filling up the state with two feet of quarters, putting an X on one of the quarters and just mixing it all up. And then getting a guy blindfolded, landing him somewhere in Texas, and just having him go and randomly pick up a quarter and the very first quarter he picks up is the one with the mark on it. That's how likely it is that Christ could have fulfilled these prophecies just by chance, just eight of these. Well, how about 16? How about 24? How about 50? See, the more you go, it almost becomes a mathematical zero that he could have fulfilled these just by chance. You know, in a radio debate I had with Luke, he had one of the most popular websites out there. He said, is it possible that Christ manipulated the events So that he would fulfill all these prophecies and I said well if Jesus could manipulate where he would be born if Jesus could manipulate his lineage of who his forefathers would be if he could manipulate the nation into crucifying him and all that said you know what if he could manipulate all that and make it come to pass he is God he's worthy to be worshiped well how do other religions compare well the cults The modern-day cults, which claim to have modern-day prophets and apostles, claim to have prophecies, they are riddled with numerous false prophecies. And remember, a prophet of God is correct 100% of the time. False prophecy is a sign that this is not an inspired message from God. For example, Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon Church, claims to have latter-day revelation. His record is riddled with numerous false prophecies. In 1832, in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, he prophesied that a Mormon temple would be built in Zion, Missouri, in his generation, but it did not happen. In 1835, in the History of the Church, volume 2, he predicted the coming of the Lord within 56 years, so Christ should have returned about 1891. 1891. In 1836, recorded in the Doctrine and Covenants, Section 111, he predicted that treasure would be discovered by the Mormons in Salem, Massachusetts. And to this day, no treasure has been discovered there. In 1843, according to History of the Church, Volume 5, he predicted that the U.S. government will be overthrown for standing against the Mormon church, be overthrown in just a few years. Over 150 years later, our U.S. government is still here. Hopefully it will still be here. Another 100 years from now. What Kirby will tell us about that? What about the Jehovah Witnesses? Well, we know that that particular cult group is riddled with years of false prophecy. They predicted the return of Christ would occur in 1914, 1918, 1925, 1975. Each time they were wrong. In fact, they even predicted the generation of Jehovah witnesses, the 1914 generation of Jehovah witnesses would be alive to see the return of Christ. Well, that generation is all but gone. You know, I wonder if Christ would have come back already, but he didn't because all these cult groups make these dates, you know, and so Christ doesn't come back just to spite them, showing they're wrong. Well, what about other religions? That claim prophecies. Well, as I stated earlier, in the Quran, Muhammad makes no prophecies. But when it comes to prophecy, Muslims point to the Hadith, a collection of the sayings and actions of Muhammad created nearly two centuries after his life. However, the Hadith is riddled with numerous false prophecies made by Muhammad. In Volume 1, Book 3 of the Hadith by Bukhari, Muhammad predicted the world would end somewhere in the 8th century A.D. He stated, Once the prophet led us in the Isha prayer during the last days of his life, and after finishing it, he said, Do you realize the importance of this night? Nobody present on the surface of the earth will be living after the completion of 100 years from this night. Well, Muhammad died in 632 A.D., so the end of the world should have occurred, 732 AD or before and it has not again in the Hadith book 37 narrated by Ibn Jabal he writes the Prophet said the greatest war the conquest of Constantinople and the coming forth of the Dajjal the Antichrist the Islamic Antichrist will take place within a period of seven months well Muslims conquered Constantinople in May Of 1453 AD based on these preceding traditions the Antichrist should have manifested himself in December of AD 1453 of course this never happened well another name you hear associated with prophecy you see this on the Discovery Channel quite a bit Nostradamus well many believe he predicted events such as the rise of Napoleon Hitler and even 9-11 However, if you read his prophecies, most prophecies are quite vague and unclear. He's also riddled with a legacy of false prophecy. Here's one of the famous prophecies of Adolf Hitler. It goes like this. In the year that is to come soon, not far from Venus, the two great ones of Asia, Africa, shall be said to come from the Rhine and Ister. Crying in tears shall be at Malta and on the Italian shore. You find Adolf Hitler in that prophecy. Many point to the word Ister as referring to Adolf because it sounds like Hitler. But Ister refers to the lower Danube River. It's a place, not a person.
0: I hope you enjoyed this fun and insightful study from Pat on the value and compelling evidence of Bible prophecy. If you missed any part of this message, log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to this message and enjoy other great resources on this site. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. I hope you'll be with us next week as Pat and his friends continue to provide reasons for faith And hope in Christ, right here on Evidence and Answers.